Remember, if you're on Substack, you can follow along in the text below the audio line. Some say it sounds better at a 1.25 speed, but then you probably would have to follow along, unless you can listen real fast. Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. This is indeed the P4B. I'm your host, the blushing and demure Matt Jordan. Today, we're talking about ruining our kids and laughing at talking points. Some observations. I've been planning to release a few chapters of the book for weeks now, but fresh nutbaggery in D.C. keeps popping up. The chapters I have in the can are timely. Chapter 16 is on war. There is also a chapter on GOP fratricide. I promise, unless I'm left here alone in a rapture, or Taylor Swift cheats on Travis Kelsey while riding a commuter train at rush hour, I'll have the next installment out next week. If you've been with me for more than a few weeks, you already know my views on the chemical castration and sexual mutilation of our kids. It was only a few years ago we were, as a people, disgusted with the mutilation of female genitals practiced in backwards, dark ages places in the Middle East and North Africa. Let's wax historical. I have on more than one occasion suggested people pick up a copy of The Perversion of Knowledge by Vadim Bergstein. You can grab a Kindle or a used copy pretty cheap on Amazon. There's a link and it's not a paid link. One of the stories from that book that jumped out at me, page 49, in the 2001 Westview Press edition, Tofram Lysenko, a highly respected Soviet scientist, taught that hard wheat could become soft wheat or even rye, that crop seeds should be planted very close together because like species, as the ideal Soviet comrades, don't compete. He also claimed that if a warbler sits on its own eggs along with a cuckoo egg, she will hatch all cuckoos because of the freeloading mother cuckoo not serving the collective, thereby damaging it. Lysenko's agricultural contributions were so well received by the Soviet bureaucracy that wheat production was destroyed for years, killing millions. They were then adopted by that great agriculturalist Mao Zedong, killing tens of millions over several years. This group thinks stupidity was ten times as genocidal as Adolf Hitler and Pol Pot combined. If you didn't buy into the Soviet, quote, science and practiced real science between 1920 and 1940, you were sent to the camps and tortured or coerced until you did buy in. Some dissident researchers and clinicians were killed for not following the Soviet, quote, science. Lysenko lives on through the American left. Fast forward to the more advanced world of today. Today we learn that one gas comprising of 0.04% of our atmosphere 
is causing rain and drought, heat and cold, storms and lack of storms. We are told the planet is warming toward disaster. The real drama queens say, boiling, oh my god. And yet, not a single one of these lysigoists can tell you the optimum temperature the earth should be, or how much CO2 is too much or too little for the health of the planet. They have not the least clue. Ask one. If he gives you a number, he's lying. There's a footnote. We are also required to, quote, know that a boy can be a girl, and vice versa. We are told to believe that pumping kids full of hormones they were not designed to have is helping them. This Mengele-inspired experimentation is rendering all the kids sterile. We are told this is a good thing, healthy. We're required by the government, some state, federal, and local, to use nonsense terminology like they, them, when speaking of one person, or calling a he, a she. No dissent allowed. If you call a man dressed as a woman, a man, you've committed the grave offense of misgendering. If you call Caitlyn Jenner Bruce, you are dead naming. These are bullshit Instagram terms, not reality. Companies also do this in their ads, literature, and stationery. Few, if any of them, believe a word of the nonsense. Few give a rat's ass about any of it. But they get rated by the government on how well they pretend to believe and care. It affects their ability to do business. Sexual lysenquists have created laughable doublespeak on the subject. The most naked, it would be funny if it wasn't so tragic, is calling the blatant denial of biological, physical, sexual reality, quote, gender-affirming care, end quote. Now, to recover millions of kids and stupid adults, we must explain to them that to affirm gender is to explain to the troubled kid, many of them out there on the autism spectrum, that their biological sex is a reality. We must help them thrive in the world as they are. That is affirming. To do other is to entertain delusion. Almost as disturbing as parents sacrificing their kids to this permanently destructive fad is the ease with which a large portion of our population has bought into it. And there has been very little coercion. No camps, no show trials, no torture, as was the case when Soviets were perverting knowledge. People have sold out their powers to observe obvious truth to avoid being throttled on social media or being screamed out of their wine and cheese club by a herd of hysterical liberal cows. People are more interested in being in the cool crowd than they are the health and safety of their own children. I say all this by way of introduction. If you are on Substack, or my RSS carries text as well as audio, you'll find a link at the end of the text below the audio line. This is a very important article. Even some people who until this very moment have been beguiled by Instagram stars 
into buying this nonsense will have their eyes open by Dr. Reticicu Kalchala. The lack of reason apparent in our headlong rush to destroy our kids is stark. I've left some illustrations and links of gifts and gag gifts you might consider as stocking stuffers this year for Christmas. Uh, to see everything at Poe River, hit the holiday smash button. Talking points, making us all stupider. Except for my readers, hug yourselves. Everybody likes to have their confirmation bias tickled. I'm no different. But I don't write about something because it conforms to my ideas. If I did, I'd never tout Peter Zihan or Bill Buckley. But I do because when they're right, they're right. And they usually are. If I note something they say, it is because I learned something or was dissuaded from an argument by them. I will, on rare occasions, argue with them. This is why I read the free press. They are not paying me to say this. I don't know the people there. But you need to know that the free press is a place where you can get information from both sides of our socio-political zoo. By pure coincidence, this episode cites two free press articles. One is full of information you need to help to raise your kids outside the tranny fad cited above. I'll be quoting the other article to demonstrate the absurdity of lefty Democrat groupthink. I get my free press right in my inbox, as you should be receiving your P4B. I'll leave a subscribe button to the P4B in the text below. To the point, I was treated, if that word can be applied, to an article by Joe Perticone. There will be a button to this at the bottom also. Right out of the gate, he announces his agenda, then proceeds to obediently spout regime talking points, much to his own discredit. I'd be hard-pressed to identify anything in that article as a thought formed inside his own head versus put there by his political betters. When Joe Biden proposed money for Israel, House Republicans responded with a counter-proposal. $14.3 billion. No money for Hamas, and none of it funneled through Hamas. It's crazy they'd even have to say that. And the funds should be drawn from the $80 billion presently designated to hire 87,000 more IRS personnel. Immediately, through the good offices of Little Orphan Annie, uh, <coughs> I mean, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the talking points were issued. The sycophantic media parroted the points vigorously and often. The point is always to drown out other voices and drill the official line into your skulls. Perkatone, in his article titled New Speaker, Same Old Stupid Games, employed all the regime's talking points, now days old, as if they were his own conclusions. It is very clear there was very little critical thought on his part about either end of the argument, whether Israel or the IRS. First, because some members of Congress are finally getting serious about not pissing our money away and demanding a bit of fiscal belt tightening, Perkatone parroted 
that it was typical Republican maneuvering. That's a quote. That phrase was among those worn out by the time he employed them. First, there is little typical about this, especially when it comes to spending on foreign conflict. The GOP has been almost as prodigal in their spending for Ukraine for the last two years as the Dems. Only a handful have demanded and not gotten an accounting for all the money we've sent. Much of that money has been skimmed by corrupt Ukrainians. There's a footnote. And the GOP is hardly being ferocious on the issue. They didn't even suggest a cut in spending. I would demand a double offset. They suggested we pull the dollars from an already overbloated monstrosity people by incompetence that was set to receive 80 billion additional dollars. And there's no talk of improving the operations, just growing it. Chuck Schumer, while spewing all the same talking points we're discussing here, called the GOP requirement a non-starter. So much for collegial engagement. But that isn't something the Dems do anyway. They always piss and moan, disparage and propagandize until they get all of what they want and offer a worthless pittance and call that compromise. They've already started that process here with the help of people like Joe Perticone. His defense of the IRS spending boondoggle is especially harebrained. Ironically, he accuses the right of employing talking points. This guy should try his hand at stand-up comedy. I'll quote and then crush. Quote, Republicans touted this as an offset to save the deficit from spiking, as did some of the press who are often quick to parrot the talking points they're given. But here's the reality. The Republican proposal would not offset spending at all. Rather, it would likely add to the federal deficit because cuts to the IRS almost always result in dried up tax collections, thus adding to the debt. That's a quote, and the italics in the text are mine. His first statement, under the umbrella of his, quote, reality, is that an offset in spending is not an offset in spending at all. Except for a few dollars in red tape, this is a ridiculous statement, but not an uncommon one from the left on the subject. The simple fact is, if you spend less here and spend more there, it is an undeniable offset. To say other is equal to saying boys can be girls and Hamas are freedom fighters. There's a footnote. Joe defends inanity number one in the paragraph with inanity number two. He suggests, as do his betters across the media spectrum, by not giving the IRS all of the absurd $80 billion passed by the Dems, it would not only leave tax revenues where they were pre-$80 billion, it would also cause tax collection to dry up. Do lefties even hear themselves when they talk? So what are we to conclude here? Are we to assume that if the IRS will inflate its own bureaucracy to staggering levels, using the remaining $65.7 billion, but doesn't get the other $14.3 billion, that the entire organization will be struck retarded and that they will suddenly not be able to enforce tax code as they had before the boondoggle. That tax revenues would actually dry up? And the word, quote, cut, 
should stand alone as Orwellian propaganda. What fucking cut, Joe? Even after the offset, it is still a $65.7 billion increase. This is the most common fallacy the lefties like to use when budgets are being argued. Whenever the GOP wants to reduce the certain increases the left proposes in spending, the lefties accuse the GOP of cutting spending. It is the constant lie of the left. But the fun doesn't stop there. The article goes into hysterics about how none of the proposed improvements will see light of day. More robust legal work, an online website to pay your taxes, etc. They must have the whole thing or there will be nothing. The IRS will disappear. Scary. First, it must be said, the same organization that can't answer the least complicated questions about your tax burden will be programming that website. It will be at least as douched up as the Obamacare website. Such a convenience would be great. But knowing what we know about the federal Leviathan, I'd be leery of using it. But again, by cutting an increase by about one-sixth is not going to nix everything the bureaucrats want to spring on us. And how do we justify an expansion of such an already unwieldy and politicized organization? The IRS is only in business today because of our Byzantine, illogical, self-conflicting, punishing tax code. If we simplified it and took out the needless legalese, we could cut the IRS by 90%. And the cool new website would be far easier and less expensive to create. There's another footnote. One more thing about the IRS before we return to the Israeli aid itself. Joe and the regime have whipped out the old saw about how the additional $80 billion will allow the IRS to go after the big fish of tax evasion. But $16.57 billion won't. Only $80 billion. There is so much wrong here, it makes my head hurt. The IRS has a saying, big money, big problems, little money, little problems. The army of newbie agents are not going to start day one going after daddy warbucks for tax money. They'll hit the streets with the fervor of the newly converted to pick apart the returns of a guy with two landscaping trucks or the waitress who may have messed up her tip-wage ratio. They'll be taking down rural law practices and politically incorrect 501c3s. And you know what? So will the veteran agents. They rarely go after the big guys, especially on Wall Street. That's where the K Street money comes from. They are in bed with these people. Wall Street guys vacation in the Hamptons. Vote Democrats and stroke them politicians. Because that is where the regulations are born and can be bought off. And corporate lawyers are far better at reading tax law than government agents and lawyers. The money to the IRS isn't about shoving a microscope up Meta's or Vanguard's asses. It is entirely about shoving one up yours. Back to Israel. Then we get the cherry on top. If you care about Jews, you can't be fiscally responsible. 
in your response to the war against a 40 square mile Gaza. There's a footnote. The GOP is holding the safety of Jews, not Israel. Note the race obsession. Hostage. Let's parse that one out. The GOP has said yes to aid to Israel, but they have attached an easily met condition because our spending of late has been nothing shy of insane and indefensible. The left says there will be no spending if any conditions are set. Print the money and send it with no input from the GOP or no money will be sent. Okay, if there is any holding of hostages here, who's holding them? Logically, it ain't the GOP. Be sure to use all the buttons at the top and bottom of the text. We live and die by the share and subscribe buttons. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us today.